0: Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online simply by going to gracelife.church. Many of us make New Year's resolutions. We look at where we've been, what we've done, and we believe there's more. Maybe you tried, but things didn't turn out as you expected. Maybe you've stepped out in some areas and pursued dreams and a career and taken bold steps, but when it comes to our spiritual life, we tend to shy away. If you've ever asked the question, why me, or wondered, what is spiritual life all about anyway? Well, join us for our conversation on Why Me? All
1: right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Grace Life. How are you guys doing? Ooh, man, So good to see you. Hey, if you're a guest, we're especially glad to have you with us. Uh, we're actually wrapping up a special week here at Grace Life, our week of prayer and fasting. Uh, how many of you, this was your first time participating in week of prayer and fasting? Come on, that's awesome. There you go. Look, let's give it a hand for everybody. First time getting involved setting aside something, either food, social media, TV, whatever it is, to disconnect from the world, get connected to God. And so I want to go ahead and and talk to you about our second time we'll do this this year so you can prepare, uh, because people always hate it when they miss out. Matter of fact, if you look at the stage, some of you can see it, some of you can't, depending on where you're seated, but all across the front of the stage here, you see the cards that you filled out last Sunday telling us if you had just a minute with God, and God says, what can I do for you? This is what you wrote down. And I want you to know that people have been praying for you all all week long and every time we came together we had close to 100 people every morning that would come in here and and they would take a stack of cards and sit down. They would pray for that stack and then they'd put that one down and get another stack and then somebody else would come and get that stack which means people were praying for you multiple times a day every day this week asking God to do what you need him to do in your life and and that's pretty exciting when you think about it. That's what family means, right? Standing with each other and can't wait to hear. We've already heard some of the stories uh, of what people feel like God has done in their life and I can't wait to hear more of them. The the series has a very simple uh, theme. It's, It's called Why Me? And, uh, you know, when we talk about why me, it it usually is us saying, God, wait a minute, why me? I'm not qualified. And a lot of times, all that is, is us making excuses because we hear the enemy saying, you're not good enough. You can't do this. God couldn't use you. Uh, It's a very loud voice. And and in my job as a pastor, I've heard a lot of people tell me that that's what they experience. And so part one uh, was called stop the excuses. And, And the simple truth is you may not be certain about who you are and what you can do, but God is. God made you, God restores you, God redeemed you, or he is restoring you, and and God has called you. And so if you missed part one, I want you to go back and and catch up online for that, because the the next two parts today and next week are very, very different. And first of all, I'm just just pleased as I can be that you're here today, because I told you last week, if you come back, it's going to hurt. I mean, I gave you all a warning. I said, it's a four-day weekend. You got your excuse right there, and you guys came back. So I want you to know, if you were here last week and you came back, I love you. You make me feel like people, people enjoy this. That's great. So today, it is gonna, it's going to probably hurt a little bit, but I'm going to do my best to not make it too terribly painful, but there is a simple truth we need to deal with, and, and that is if you find yourself saying, why me, I'm not qualified, then you owe yourself uh, an answer to the question, how long are you going to stay that way? I mean, seriously, when are you going to do something about it? And that's what today and next week is about. We're going to talk about the things that that we know are are kind of getting in the way. Uh, We we, we just let things stay there. As a pastor, I've talked to people. They say, you know, I really feel like God would have me do this, but just not quite ready, just not quite there. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool. we just be working on that and praying about that. And six months later, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm just still a little bit working on that. Six years later, seriously, how long are you going to stay that way? When are we going to like get moving, do what God's called us to do. And uh, I think most everybody in the room knows exactly some of the things that uh, they know is holding them back. Uh, and, and mostly, they're probably things you wouldn't want to say out loud. If, if I were to pass the mic around, you'd probably just keep passing it. Yep, no, nope, I don't want to talk. You see, uh, we sometimes don't step out and do what God's called us to do because we know if somebody would follow us, they might discover what it is we know is not quite ready yet. That's, that's why we don't lead a marriage group, because we don't want people to know what's going on in our marriage. That's why we don't lead a men's group, because we, we, we're struggling with some things that we think those men are going to ask about, and we're not going to have answers. As a matter of fact, we don't want people to know those kinds of things. So I, I need you to understand this series has a context, and it, it's a very specific context. If you miss the context, you miss the point. Okay, so everybody with me here for a second? This is very, very important. This series of of Why Me? I'm Not Qualified, Step Out, it's not about your career. I'm not trying to help you in that area of your life. The truth is, we've done series on that, and as Americans, we tend to do very well there. What we don't tend to do so well as is our spiritual leadership, doing what God has called us to do in his church on the earth. And this is as simple as it can get. The church has a job to do. I would use the word mission, And that mission is to tell as many people about Jesus as possible and teach people how to live the way God intends. That's what we're here to do. That's it, right? And and here's the thing. The church is only as effective at doing that mission as its members are as effective at knowing who they are and what they're called to do. Now, I said the word church and member in the same sentence. So most of you just opted out because you just said, oh, well, I'm not a member here, so I guess that doesn't apply to me. I'm not talking about member of an organization, I'm not talking about member of a local church with its name and its logo. I'm talking about a member of the body of Christ, right? So if you intend to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus as your Lord, I need you to raise your hand for me. All right, I'm talking to you today. You can put your hands back down. I'm talking to you because, see, you are a member of the church, the family of God on the earth. And what I'm going to show you in Scripture today is that every single one of us is called to do something to make a difference in this world. If you grew up here in the Bible Belt like I did, um, there's some language that goes around in the church world of the Bible Belt that's really not very good, to be honest, and, and you hear the words called uh, used by pastors. Well, I was called at 16 years old into the ministry, and everybody else thinks that they're just supposed to watch the few that are called, and, and like I said, I'm going to show you in Scripture in a little minute, in a minute. That, that's just not the case. What's actually the case is every single one of us is called. And we've accepted the idea that, that maybe only the people on stage are called, and we've become content with working our jobs, raising our families, going to Disney, and watching someone else do what they're called to do. And so my goal for this series is to create a holy discontent in you. Just, just to tell you that up front, I want you frustrated by the time these three weeks are done. I want you to know that God wants to do as much through you as he does through me. Right? Is anybody excited about this? So look, here's the question that they missed in the first service. Hold on, get ready. Because I need a better response than seven people in the first service. So if God has given the church the job to hurt the kingdom of darkness, I want to know how many of you want to use your lives to hurt the kingdom of darkness? Come on, anybody? There you go. I have never in my life thought about walking off stage as much. (laughs) I said that in the first service, and like seven people, me. Then then who do y'all want to hurt? Who do you want to help? Like, am I preaching to the wrong team? Is this like a cult meeting or something? Anyway, there you go. So look, here's the case. You know what's in the way. Sometimes God is even holding you back because he knows what's in the way and you're not dealing with it, whether you just don't want it exposed or you don't think that you actually need to change. Today, we're talking about one thing. Here you go, just for the fun of it. It's called deal with y'all stuff. That's South Carolina translations. Deal with your stuff. We've got to become the person God wants us to be so that we can do what he wants us to do. And I'm going I'm to share with you uh, what God's doing in my life right now. Is that okay? Can, can we just start there? Um, when this year started, I was at a, a conference and some pastors, it's a pastor's conference type thing, and uh, one pastor got up and he started speaking and he, and he read a verse. And this verse is something that I've preached many times. I've prayed many times. I pray a lot, to be honest. It's a very familiar verse to me. And uh, I've preached it and, and talked to people about it, and it's been quoted. I think it got quoted like four times during our week of prayer and fasting. It's incredibly common, uh, and it's, it's famous. And so have you ever read something, though, and it just hits you completely different? Come on, you ever had that happen? Somebody says something, and you've heard that before, and then it just hits you different. So I was at this conference and and a pastor got up and, and started reading this verse. And I didn't get but just a few words in and it began to hit me different and I didn't hear anything else. And it's Ephesians 3.20, you can check it out here. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to his power, That is at work within us. To Him be the glory. According to His power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. According to His power that made this out of nothing. According to that power, He's able to do whatever, far more than we can even imagine. And as that pastor got up and started reading that, and I know how the verse goes, and he says, now to him who is able, and I didn't hear anything else. Because for the first time, the thought hit me. If God is able, and He's not doing What I'm experiencing is not a question of his ability. It's a question of his action. And if if there's anything in me that is causing God not to do what he's able to do, I need that to move. Come on, somebody with me. And that is where this kind of, I, I, the series was planned. I didn't plan to kind of share that thought with you when the series was planned, but it, it tied in perfectly with where we are because many of us are saying, God, use me. God, do something. God, I, I, I've got great dreams for my life. And I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people. I am a dreamer. I'm a visionary. And, and uh, I've politely joked with God about this verse a few times. That's the way I gonna put it. I've, I've been like, hey, God, you know, you say you say you can do more than I can imagine, but my imagination's running rampant down here. And you're not keeping up. Far more than we can ask. I've asked God for, for all kinds of stuff. I believe God can do greater things through my life than what I'm seeing today. I hope you, do t- I hope you don't take that like, as an arrogant thing for me or put yourself down or, or either way. It is, there's nothing wrong to say, God, God, I love my life and I love what you've done, but I want you to do more tomorrow there's nothing wrong with that and and so i hope that you also look and go god I, i believe you can do more through my life whatever you believe god has called you to do in his kingdom I, I want you to say, you know what, God, I believe you can do more. Some of you might not yet know exactly what that is. Then, then your hope, I hope you're saying, God, I really want you to wake me up and and, and show me what it is and get things going. I'm going to tell you the truth. I've got grander prayers and bolder prayers for grace life. I believe God can do more through grace life than what he's doing. And I'm super excited for what he has done. And I count it a privilege to be a part of what he's doing. But I'm praying these bold prayers and my my prayers and my experience sometimes are separated and when that pastor read to him who is able it suddenly hit me now here's the truth there's this thing about God's timing right come on somebody with me God's timing and 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 God's uh will and and we know sometimes God's just doing something he's going to do it in a certain time frame and that's good and that's that's okay and I'm not negating that but some of us let that be our excuse well pastor I don't need to work on this I don't need to deal with this I don't need to grow in this area because well you know It's just not God's timing. Well, how about we get out of his way? How about we deal with our stuff? How about we become what he needs us to be? How about like, we're we're out here, we're at the starting line, we're ready to go. So when it's God's timing, if it's God's timing, we're waiting on when it's God's timing that we go, right? And the last disclaimer I'm going to say before we jump into my, my main point for today is I know somebody wants to object and say, Jimmy, we don't really need to worry so much about getting ourselves all put together and everything. Because there's a famous quote. And somebody is intending to email me tomorrow morning this, this famous quote. And if you're that person, my email is Kent Fancher <laughs> at gracelife.church. But somebody's going to email me and say, Pastor, haven't you heard that Bible verse? And I'm going to say, no, because it's not a Bible verse. But you're going to think it is. That says, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Right? Somebody wants to like remind me of that right now when I'm talking about come on, let's deal with this stuff and let's get what that's exactly what I'm talking about. God qualifies the call. He has called you. It's in the Bible. I'm talking about us getting qualified. Come on, y'all. Somebody with me? All right, so here we go. I want to answer the question what could cause God not to do what God wants to do that God is able to do in your life? What could cause him not to do what he wants to do that he's able to do? And I I feel like God gave me three answers from my own life. I'm going to share them for you. Uh, And uh, the first one is this. Maybe your character isn't ready. Maybe your character isn't ready. God's called you to lead a a men's group, a women's group. God's called you to lead a missions trip. God's called you to share his word. God's called you to start a family. God's called you to to, to reach out to your neighbor. Who knows what God has called you to do? And, And the problem is you're lazy. Come on, there people are lazy in here. And the ones who laughed, you're self-aware. The ones who didn't laugh, y'all need to just go home and think about it, right? You know, there, how many of us are those people where God moves upon our heart? Like, you, know, you need to read this book and you thought about everybody keep bringing up this book. and Man, the Holy Spirit must be telling me to read that book. You're the seventh person in three months to tell me to read that book. And after a year, you finally order the book and Amazon gets it to you in one day. And then it's been sitting on your nightstand since 2017. I mean, Let's just be honest. Some of us are a little bit lazy sometimes or in other areas of your life. But I'm not going to make you feel too bad. I'm going to move on. Truth is, some of you, you're hard workers. Uh, you're just a jerk. <laughs> I'll let you self-elect to that one, too. But you've met those people. You're just mean. And you're just not nice. And you say, I'll lead a, a group. Nobody wants to be around you, man. Every time you talk, you uh, hurt their feelings, you offend them, you say stupid stuff. Maybe you're proud. Maybe you're a flake. You started a group and you said it was Tuesday at 6 a.m. and you didn't think about it till Wednesday. And then so nobody, you know, sometimes there's stuff in in our character that just needs to grow so that God could use you. And sometimes we like to make an excuse for ourselves. Come on, man, that's just the way I am. (laughs) No, it's not the way you are if the way you are prohibits people from coming to know Jesus that's exactly what's supposed to change when you meet Jesus right we stop being flakes we stop being jerks we stop well I had to tell it like it was no you don't have to tell it like it is all the time I promise you I am the king of wanting to tell it like I see it and uh y'all y'all should just be glad I've got a filter y'all think this is bad I think this, I mean, this is filtered right here. Come on. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, this is the nice one of me. This is the redeemed version of me. First Timothy 4.12 says, Look, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in your speech. So you really do have to say, Oh, I can't say that. If I say that, it doesn't bring life to that person. I need to help them. I need to speak the truth, but I don't need to say it that way. Sometimes our character lets our mouths just run. In our conduct, Meaning how we come across. Are we lazy? Are we a flake? We need to be a person that people can trust and, and follow. And then this one I think is huge. In love. If you really want to make a difference in somebody else's life, they've got to know the number one thing that you know. It's the love of God. And we are communicators of the love of God. And so that's where being a jerk kills it. They're not going to get the love of God if you're one of those people who's just always telling it like it is and doing whatever it is got to do to just feel good about yourself. Uh, The truth is, this is one of the things that I struggled with. You know, some people struggle to step out in spiritual leadership. They're feeling like, no, no, not me, not me, not me. I'll be honest, I'm a little arrogant. And so when God called me at 16 to do this, I was ready. But he didn't let me do it until I was 36. And there were 20 years, a lot of which was working on the arrogance and the pride. In fact, I didn't see people. And what's funny is this is a people business. It is all about people occasionally I have a few conversations about a parking lot, but then the rest of the day, it is all about people. It's a people business, but I didn't see people. I'll tell you a true story. Uh, there was a time when I was leading worship. I was a uh, worship pastor, so I'm up here, and I've got my guitar, and, and I'm doing stuff, and and I needed to say something to the sound booth, and and, and the service was about to start. You know, you, you guys, when you're in here, and we're, like, clapping, and it's, it's just about to go. That's, like, just so you know, that's, like, two minutes. And and, and so it was just, we weren't doing the video, but still, like, I, I knew I had, like, 60 seconds. But I got to talk to the sound booth. And so I go running right past people, and like, hey, J- J- and I get to the sound booth, and I say something, and I run back up on stage so that in my grand talent and, and great musical abilities, I can lead the people that I totally ignored and didn't even notice they were in the room into worship. And God said, son, we're going to have to work on that. We'll just slow you down for about 20 years. It doesn't matter if you know how to talk and read the Bible. You don't like people. You don't see people. You don't love people. And until you do, I'm not letting you touch my people. So who knows what God's doing in your life? Maybe the second one is this. Instead of it's not your character, is isn't ready. Maybe your sins aren't going away. Here's the truth. But just as he who called you is holy... So be holy in all you do. The truth is, that's what God expects. So just as he who called us is holy, he expects us to be holy. Now, I'm going to do a series someday on this next thought, but I just want to go ahead and share with you what's kind of going on, something God's been showing me, and it's something about glory, and it's two thoughts in particular. As I'm reading through scripture, I keep noticing there's a phrase called the glory of man, and I keep noticing there's a phrase called the glory of God, and those two things are different. And there's a glory of man that we're supposed to have as God's prized creation. And there's a glory of God we're supposed to touch when we are in his presence and doing what he's called us to do. You guys follow that? But then there's a glory of man that comes from our fallen pursuits. And here's what I mean by that. The glory of fallen man is to make much of himself. That's all we have. And so when when you're not following God, if you're not a a Jesus follower, if, if you're not doing what God's called you to do in life, all you have left is to make much of your life on earth. And so we put everything into our career and and we put everything into our accolades and everything into our titles and we put everything into our money and we put everything into our image and everything is, and I'm not saying, look, I like to dress nice and and I'd like a nice car. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong. It's when that stuff matters to define you. You guys follow what I'm saying? And so when we aren't touching the glory of God, we pursue the, the fallen glory of man. It's all we've got left. And as delicately as I can put it, that also plays into our physical body and, and pursuing what that has to offer. See, when we're not experiencing what the glory of God would have, then the best thing that, that man has is money, fame, power, and sex. And, and so that's what we chase after. And, and so, look, here's the thing. When our sins are out of the way and God is doing what he wants to do, you, you touch the glory of God, it's amazing. I, I stand up here on, on Sunday and I, I get to do what God's called me to do and I'll see a tear out of somebody's eye or something and go out to the lobby. Somebody will give me a hug and say, thank you, you changed my life. And, and I'll go home and somebody will text me the number of people that got saved and made Jesus their king. And I'm on cloud nine. I am on cloud nine. You could call me up on Sunday and say, pastor, I've got a guaranteed million dollar scheme. Just meet me with a ski mask at the back of the bank. <laughs> and I am going to say, I don't care. I don't need the money, don't want the money. I just touched the glory of God in six days. I'm going to do it again the same way you, you know, no amount of that money could do. It doesn't matter. Somebody could say, hey, you know, uh, why why don't you meet me at this hotel room? Be like, no, 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 I, I don't need that. I just, man, I just experienced touching the glory of God, right? And, and they're, 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 whatever God's given you to do, you, you and your wife, you sit down, you're leading a marriage, small group and, and you share with, and at the end of the group, after however many weeks, another couple looks at you, they got a tear in their eye and they say, we're only still married because of you guys, man, that's touching the glory of God. And you just feel like, man, that's what life is all about. And, and, and somebody looks at you and offers something, you, you just got, no. Are you, do you see what a difference I'm making? And, and here's the point. We are made to touch the glory of God. That's what we're made for. We're made to experience the, the redeemed glory of man as this prized creation, touching the glory of God. And it's incredible. Whatever God has called you to do, that's what you want. But we've got to get some stuff out of the way sometimes. Here's what the Bible says about hiding our sins. Whoever conceals their sins simply does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Some of us think the word confess simply means to speak, and we we limit it to that. And so I know people, they they go home and they go into their closet, they shut the door, they say it out loud, and they come back out and they think they're good. (laughs) Not quite what that means. See, confessing, it means we need to actually make this thing into the light. We we need to bring this thing out there so that we have something to deal with. And, and, And people often misunderstand how we're supposed to do this, and the power of healing and freedom that it brings into our lives. So I want to show you two verses and show you what God does here. This first one is out of 1 John that says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means when you go to God and say, God, look, I know I'm a sinner. I, I struggle with this. I, I know what I did wrong. I know what I'm doing wrong. And I, I, I need you to forgive me. The promise is You're forgiven. You're forgiven. And you're going to heaven. And nobody's going to raise their hands right now, but I'm going to tell you, I know as a pastor, that people tell God, and people are forgiven, and people are going to heaven. And then two days later, they're doing it again. And they're struggling. And then you hate yourself for it. And then you just stay away from God for a few days because you're ashamed of yourself and you know God's the only one that knows and watches. And so you figure if I just ignore him and don't read my Bible and don't pray, I'll be okay. And two or three days later, you, you start to feel a little bit like, well, let me try to get this back on track. And you go to God and once again, you do what you did before. God, I'm so sorry. I don't like this about me. Please forgive me. I want to stop this. And then two days or two weeks or two months later, you find yourself there again. And you wonder, seriously, God, what is the deal? Well, the deal is you've only gotten forgiveness, but you've never gotten healing. You've never gotten freedom, never gotten wholeness and restoration. Let me show you what the Bible says about getting that. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You see, I think it's that God just wants to get it pride which of course is what got the whole thing going wrong in the first place satan wanted god's place which is pride ended up with the whole fall of of mankind humanity and everything that we've seen all started because of pride and i think god wants to get at our pride that that our freedom comes from the ability to to say frank frank i need you to pray for me man this is what i'm struggling with and 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 there's such power and healing and restoration And part of that healing is going to come because of what's in the people of God. You see, because Frank's got two things at that point that he can offer me. One of them is he's got the Holy Spirit. And God is going to move, but he's going to move through his people. Every one of his children has his spirit dwelling within them. And Frank is going to be able to minister through the power of God, through the spirit of God to me. And the second thing that Frank's got in him is he's been there, done that. Frank's got his own story. And Frank's going to say, hey, let me tell you what, what God did to set me free. Let me tell you about my life. Or let me, and God uses his people to set his people free. Yeah. Let me think about this. This is kind of crazy. I, I, this isn't in my notes. I'm just making this up as I go, but it makes sense to me right now. Uh, God used Moses to set his people free from Egypt. And, and, and th- why? He didn't need to. We talked about Moses a little bit last week. The dude couldn't talk. The, the dude didn't think he was called for anything. The dude didn't think he was gifted. He tried to run the other way. He was wanted for murder. And God says, yeah, I'm going to set my people free. I've just decided to let you go and start it. I'm, I'm going to use you to talk. Isn't that crazy? God has chosen. Don't ask me why. God has chosen to use his people to heal his people. We've got to talk to more than God. You see, this is why we do life groups here. It's not a thing we do. I'll be honest with you. If it's a thing we do, we would quit. It takes more work than anything else we do. It takes so much energy. And it's the thing we do the least well. Is that correct grammar? I don't even know. It's the thing we struggle with. And so if it were up to me, I'd say, well, let's just stop doing the thing that we struggle with. But we can't because we need to sit down and get into where we look at each other's face and say, John, man, and this is, this is how we do life. It would be so much easier. I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you think, man, they just want me to, to, to be a part of a group. No, listen, this is for you, not for us. It's a pain in the rear end for us, organizationally. Trying to get over a thousand people to sit down with each other and share life from an organizational standpoint is, is not easy. We don't do it for us. We do it because of that right there. Confess your sins one to another so that you can pray for one another, so that you can be healed, so that we can find that freedom. And the third one, so maybe your, your character isn't ready, maybe your sins are still there, however I worded that, sorry, sins aren't going away, or maybe your brokenness isn't the way. If you've been around Grace Life, you know uh, the story my wife and I have of our marriage. Uh, the majority of what God was doing in the 20 years uh, where I was waiting for God to use me was he was showing me how broken I was. And he, he gave me an equally broken wife and he put us together and he said, here we go, I'm going to heal you or you're going to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my plan is it's going to heal you. And then we, we thought we were going to kill each other for a while. I'm not going to share any more of that story because our, our next series is going to be a marriage series and my wife and I are going to share a lot about brokenness and how God uh, fixes and heals that and, and makes one out of, of a lot of brokenness. And, and so I'll, I'll come back to that later, but we, we never got anywhere in doing what God had called us to do until we were willing to let him make us whole. See, the Bible says God takes two and makes one, but we were each a, a, a basket of little pieces. You can't make one out of that. You've got to make each one whole before you can then bring them together. And, and so maybe what God's called you to do, there's something in your soul that's just really, really broken. And, and you've tried to ignore it. You've, you've tried to not deal with it. And you've tried to not change it. But here's what's supposed to happen. Second Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... And all of you, at least almost all of you, so many hands were up, I couldn't see any hands down that said, I'm going to heaven, Jesus is my savior. So if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. That means the version of you that said, I need to go to heaven, I need Jesus, needs to be different from the version that is here today. We're growing, we are changing. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Look, here's the truth. Some of us have gotten stuck in who we used to be. You wanna know this? The world... Life in this world breaks you. But life in Jesus heals you. Life in this world breaks you. Life in Jesus changes you. And and so some of us are saying, well, here's the reason I haven't done this or I haven't done that, you know, because I'm just... No, we've got to get what we need to get in healing. You may need to meet with a pastor. You definitely need a life group. You may need to find someone who has been where you are and let them help you specifically with where you are but we can't how long are we going to stay this way y'all god wants to change the world through us it's the craziest thing jesus told his disciples i'm out y'all finish and it's just like seriously god i mean like we've got to be the least qualified out of all of everything you know you had your son you had the angels and you're gonna use us and he's still using us And the ability to crush and hurt the kingdom of darkness is gonna come down to us dealing with our character and dealing with our sins and dealing with our brokenness. So my hope for you this series, what I'm praying for you is that you become very frustrated. Told you that up front. And I mean that. I'm praying you get really, really sick of watching me do what I'm called to do, that you're not satisfied with it anymore. I'm praying that you get really, really sick of watching your life group leader lead half as well as maybe you can. Because God's gifted you and he's called you, but you haven't stepped out. What has God called you to do? What is, I mean, just look at Coca over there playing, y'all. I mean, I sound twice as anointed the minute that boy walks on stage, don't I? He's just played the whole time. And he knows what he's called to do. He knows what God's given him. I want to share with you this verse out of Acts 20. It says, I do not account my life of any value nor is precious to myself if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received. Do you know what the ministry is that you've received? If you don't, that's the reason we do First Step. We do First Step to help people figure out what God's called them to do in the church on the earth. Again, you may think it's just another thing we do. No, everything we do, we do for you. We've we've built everything for you. So if you say, "I, I really don't know what I'm called to do. Then come to First Step next month. Some of you do know what you're called to do, though. You know that you're supposed to lead a mission trip. Have people come up and say, Hey, when are we going to that country? And I look at them and say, When you take us. Some of you are called to lead a small group. Some of you are called to lead worship. Some of you are called to lead a co worker to Jesus. Some of you are called to share the difficulties you learned through marriage that now, I mean, you're good. So go be bold and, and help some couples that aren't. Some of you, you understand what God's called you to do in business. Some of you are in business just to make money to support the kingdom of God on the earth. You get it. So go find some businessmen who don't get it. Everyone, you are called to something. Matter of fact, I'm going to prove it to you. Do y'all like when I use the Bible and show you the truth? Y'all like that? Yeah. Check this out right here. He gave some. Y'all know what some means? Not everybody. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. That means he called some of us to do what I'm doing today. And I know some of you say, praise God, that's not all of us. You would be terrified if you had to stand up here and do what I'm doing. Here's the good news. He has not called everybody to preach to hundreds and thousands and to stand on a stage. He hasn't. But he has called every single person to influence somebody else. Every single person to make a difference in somebody's lives. Because a couple verses later, here's how that finishes. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. And from whom the whole body. Everybody who raised their hands earlier and said they were going to heaven to begin the message, that's you. The whole body. Joined and held together by every joint. You know what's funny? People think what holds a church together is a building, fancy preaching. I don't know what holds us together is you. You. You hold us together. With which it is equipped because when each part, you, when each of you is working properly, it makes the body grow. This is what you're called to do. Again, this series, don't miss the context. You miss the context, you miss the point. This is about the church on planet Earth hurting the kingdom of darkness. And it is not going to have the same impact when a few, or many, watch a few, as it is when the many all go, I know who I am. And I know what I'm called to do. And that's my hope for you. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you that you are so good and so merciful and that you love us. And yet at the same time, it blows our mind that you would use us. I mean, God, it it would have, it had to have been easier if you used your angels. It would have to be easier if you just spoke or snapped your fingers. And so, God, we're blown away and counted a privilege that you would use us. Thank you, God. And my prayer for everyone in this room today is that they would, they would be awakened to the ministry that you've given them, to the passion in their heart to step out and to lead in your kingdom. And God, if, if there's a reason that you're holding us back or we're waiting to go because our stuff is in the way, then I pray we will deal with our stuff. I pray that we will get free from our sin. I pray that our character will become like Jesus. And I pray that our brokenness will be healed. Make us more like you. If you're to stay in a place of prayer, I want to talk to those of you that have yet to make Jesus your king. The simple truth is God is perfect and we're not. And that distance that separation that imperfection is called sin it's what we have to deal with the truth is that we have no way of dealing with it on our own and that's why God sent a son Jesus to live a perfect life so that his death would pay for our sins not his own and then the father raised him from the dead by a supernatural power so that we're not only forgiven but that we have freedom and healing and eternal life with him and if you've never exchanged the life you're living for the one he has for you if you've never reached out and taken that free gift of salvation, I want to help you do that right now. You don't have to do anything weird or embarrassing. Right where you're seated, pray something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And now I want to live for you. I thank you that you love me. And I thank you that I'm forgiven. In my simple prayer here today, is that you fill me with your spirit and give me a life of great meaning in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people, everybody. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.